Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the season finale of the Road World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short and with me here as always is Drew Silva. We've made it people and with the regular season wrapping up, this is a special episode where we'll look ahead to the 2020 season with an early round mock draft. Now, the plan is to break down the first three rounds of a draft, 12 players in each round, so we're not picking teams as much as predicting where players are likely to be drafted, although you know, we did get a little competitive. We did this draft via email back and forth. So, uh, you know, I, I it's hard to separate the idea of, like, actually picking a team. But um, yeah. it's more sort of predicting how things might go. Um, I know it's incredibly early, but I think it's a fun way to wrap up the year and, and already start to think a little bit about next season. So, Drew, are you ready to get started? Yep, let's do it. All right, I I actually have the first pick because I just decided I would have the first pick, but <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, we didn't flip a coin or anything like that. But uh, you know, it was easy enough to pick uh, Mike Trout first here. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, Whoa. yeah, hot take. So Trout didn't play after September seventh uh, due to a foot injury. Had surgery about a week and a half ago. Still, the numbers were amazing. I know Alex Bregman has made a late push, but. Uh, you could argue that Trout's had his best season to date. Uh, hit 291, 45 homers, topped 100 RBIs, 110 runs scored just in 134 games, career high in homers. Uh, he's still tied for the AL lead with Jorge Soler. Uh, led the majors in on-base percentage. Uh, led the AL in slugging percentage in OPS. You know, I guess the only nitpick is the stolen base total, 11 steals. Uh, but I think the thing about Mike Trout is that he's... <laughs> perfectly capable of bouncing back if he wants to so uh but you could certainly see in the next couple of years that maybe he loses the grip on on the top spot there's certainly some uh names knocking on the door but for now for now i still think he's the safest option yep uh number two i went with christian yelich um yeah, two injured players here at the top to yeah. finish out the season. Uh, Yelich suffered that fractured right kneecap back on September 10th, which which cut his ears short. The Brewers uh, just needed not... to dump that guy, and then they <laughs> yeah, went on the right. run. <laughs> they're 20 of their last 24 as we record here on Thursday evening. Uh, yeah, uh, they, they could chase down the Cardinals for the NL Central title, which is crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like Yelich is going to be fully recovered uh, from that fractured kneecap by the end of November and should have a relatively normal off season. Uh, if we hear anything about complications or, or setbacks, maybe he drops. Uh, but from what we know right now, I think he belongs firmly at number two overall going into next season, 44 home runs, 30 stolen bases, 
329 batting average, 1,100 OPS in 130 games this year, uh, five category stud, 27 years old, will be 28 next spring when people are conducting real drafts. Uh, great home ballpark for offense there in Milwaukee, and he's on a really team-friendly contract, uh, so he's going to be there a while. He's dealt with back issues off and on. Uh, the, the kneecap thing was more of a freak injury. The back issue has kind of become uh, chronic, I want to say, but you wouldn't be able to really tell by his 2018 and 2019 stat lines. Uh, when he's played, he's he's been the, the most productive player in fantasy, really, um, in terms of the five categories that really matter. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident with him at number two right now. We'll see if we get any more reports going into spring training next year about how his knee is, is shaping up. So number three, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, he will be ready for the playoffs, but he actually isn't going to play again in the regular season due to a left groin strain. Hopefully that's not anything uh, serious as far as his contributions during the postseason, but we'll see. Um, so the bad news is that he'll fall short of the 40-40 club. He was threatening for that. Uh, still finishes with 41 home runs and 37 steals to go along with 127 runs scored. So leading the league in both stolen bases and runs scored while serving as the Braves' leadoff man. Also knocked in 101 runs. I should note that he led the league with 188 strikeouts. Some of that's just because he led off and he got so many plate appearances. But uh, I think that holds him back a little bit with the batting average upside, at least in the short term. But certainly fair to expect him to make more progress in that area as he gets more experience. You know, he's a five-category stud, but I think with the upside still for even more, and I see him as the biggest threat uh, to Mike Trout and to eventually climb to that number one overall status. Um, what was most exciting about Acuna, and I said this a couple of weeks ago when we were breaking down the hitters, uh, 24 stolen bases during the second half for Acuna. So um, if he can keep that up, I mean, he's just, he's a beast. He's a monster. Yeah, I agree with you that, that he's the threat uh, to take over that number one. Man, Trout's been in that spot for, what, seven years now? Feels like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, really, like, what, what other, I mean, fantasy football, there's not a guy like that. Fantasy basketball, I guess LeBron probably was for a while, but I, I think, like, Durant and yeah. Harden go, go at the top. So it, it's pretty rare for a guy to just command that consensus number one spot for, for as long as Trout has. Right. Um, I went Cody Bellinger at, at fourth overall. Um, this is the likely 2019 National League MVP, uh, thanks in part to Yelich suffering that season-ending knee er, injury earlier this month. Um, he doesn't have the stolen bases upside of, of Yelich or, or Trout or Acuna, uh, but he's been double digits in that category each of his first three seasons. Ten steals as a rookie in 2017. 14 steals in 2018 and a career high 15 stolen bases in 2019. Uh, so not a total zero there. And then in home runs, RBIs and runs scored, he's elite. Um, also improved his batting average in a big way this year. It's 301 right now compared to 260 last year, 267 as a rookie. 2020 will, will technically be his age 24 season. He has a July birthday. Um, also has first base eligibility along with the outfield, which is a differentiator from Trout, Yelich, Acuna. And first base is not as deep of a position as, as it once was in fantasy. So yeah. that's pretty valuable, I think. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers should be a really good team for however long Bellinger is in L.A., uh, given their payroll and pipeline of talent. The improvement against lefties with Bellinger has been really nice to see. So. I think that's a big positive as we move forward here. Uh, fifth overall, I, I took Mookie Betts. 
slips a little bit from where we saw him at the start of the year, but he's still an elite fantasy option. Thanks to a huge second half, he's hit 294 with 29 homers, 79 RBIs, 16 steals, 134 runs scored though. So um, maybe not quite what you were banking for in the spring, but for the most part, he's been really good. Um, just great all-run numbers, and you can certainly see him being even better, boosting things in certain categories uh, next year. Uh, the big question is whether he'll still be with the Red Sox next season, so we'll have to watch that, obviously. Uh, playing for the Red Sox is a, is a favorable situation in the home ballpark there, the other AL East ballparks. Uh, 2020 is the last year of team control uh, for the Red Sox, and who knows, they might uh, rearrange some things this offseason as far as um, their roster. So that's a situation to watch, but I still think Betts will be a you know an early first-round pick, probably the first half of the first round, uh, probably no matter what. Yeah, you, you keep hearing those rumblings um, about how they, they kind of might blow things up. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously already fired President Dave Dombrowski, um, but a lot of those reports are from like rival evaluators. Yeah, so, I saw that so one today. <laughs> maybe teams are hoping that they trade bets. Um, yeah, Ben and Tendi, Bogarts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. I, yeah, I don't see them trading Bogarts. He, he just signed a, a, a an extension that seems pretty team-friendly, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've got a lot of dollars tied up in some diminishing assets on the pitching side. So we'll see. Um, number six, I went with Francisco Lindor. Um, he missed the first three weeks of the season due to calf and ankle in- injuries, uh, but has been exactly what we thought he could be since his activation from the injured list on April 20th. 31 home runs, 22 stolen bases, and 139 games played. 100 runs scored, 72 RBIs out of the leadoff spot for the Indians. Uh, there was some concern, and I think valid concern, that Lindor wouldn't run as much this year coming off those spring leg injuries, but he probably would have set a career high in stolen bases had he been healthy throughout. Um, he's only three steals back of that career high mark with a weekend of really important regular season games still to play in Cleveland. Um, 25 years old, uh, going on age 26 by next spring, shortstop, leadoff man. Um, what more could you want in fantasy? So I have Max Scherzer, the first pitcher off the board, uh, at number seven overall. And I, I guess I feel a little uneasier than normal just with the recent back issue. Has a 4.74 ERA in seven starts since returning from the injured list. But this is assuming he'll be back to normal with an offseason of rest. I think there's a reason to think that will be the case. On the whole, it's been another amazing year for Scherzer. 2.92 ERA with 243 strikeouts and 172 in a third innings. Actually, the highest strikeout percentage of his career, if you can believe it, and his lowest walk rate since 2015. I know there's a lot of mileage on Scherzer's arm. He's 35 years old now, will be 36 next July. But if healthy, to me, he's still the top fantasy starting pitcher. Um, but certainly some some names uh, on his heels. But uh, I think you have to go with the safest option. And sort of like Trout, uh, Scherzer's been the safest option for a long time. Yeah. Uh, eighth overall out with Nolan Arenado. Um, talk about safe. Like he's the, the big old safety net in terms of home runs and RBIs. Yeah. Uh, seems like you can go ahead and just lock in 40 plus homers and 120 runs batted in. We'll see if Major League Baseball changes the ball. Um, <laughs> that's going to confuse projections if, if they do something. Yeah. Um, and there, there is some, there was another article from um, Maury Brown. Um, of the what is it the sports business journal today about how Manfred's looking into that which 
I don't know, man. But uh, we can get into that on another show if they do, in fact, do something. I think at the winter meetings, we'll hear more about it. Um, but yeah, Arenado's sitting on career highs and batting average, 314, OPS, 964. Um, we've talked about this in many other podcast episodes when we talk about Rockies players, uh, that yes, his fantasy value is inflated by Coors Field, but it, it's built into the cost and it's built into the re- return on investment uh, that you get with that cost. Um, Arenado signed that big eight-year, $260 million contract extension back in late February. Uh, he's going to be there in the thin air of, of Denver for a long time, uh, might retire as a Rocky, and, and, and could go down as the best third baseman in baseball history, like legitimately. So another pitcher I moved quickly on <laughs> to get Garrett Cole. And, yeah, um, I'm, I'm mad at you about this one. <laughs> I remember that. So I, originally I had Jacob deGrom second among my fantasy starters for 2020. That was when we did our starting pitcher rankings earlier this month on another podcast. So you can go back in our archives to, to hear that. But uh, And it's funny because deGrom has actually been amazing this month, uh, likely clinching his second straight Cy Young Award. But Cole's finish has been even better uh, and maybe pushing teammate Justin Verlander for the AL Cy Young Award. We'll see about that. Um, 252 ERA, 316 strikeouts <laughs> in 207 and third innings over 32 starts. We're basically talking about Randy Johnson territory, like numbers we haven't seen since then. Three, you know, 315 strikeouts. It's ridiculous. Cole has reached double digits in strikeouts in eight straight starts which is just insane. He struck out 39.8% of the batters he's faced, the highest single-season strikeout number in history among starting pitchers. Pedro Martinez was at 37.5% in his amazing 1999 season, uh, but Cole's pretty much blowing that number away. Cole's at 39.8, Pedro was at 37.5, so that's a big difference. <laughs> um, so Cole's just truly special right now. I think he's earned this standing as the number two fantasy starter Showing really steady improvement since uh, being traded by the Pirates. Uh, poor Pirates. <laughs> but I guess the big variable variable here is where Cole will pitch in 2020. So it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. But, uh, man, Cole's just been so good that, I, I mean, he's... I guess you could make an argument for DeGrom, but, you know, he just doesn't get enough wins. And I think as long as he's with the Mets, there's a chance I could continue. Yeah, Major League Baseball, their their Twitter account uh, posted a video, a highlight reel of all of Cole's 14 strikeouts from from earlier this week against the Mariners, and it's just really incredible to watch that in in a in a flash, in like a, a yeah. 10 second flash like that. He just hits his spots, and everything has movement. Yeah, um, I, I think incredible. I saw uh, J.P. Crawford like fall down. <laughs> when yeah, he's small. That's, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, tenth overall, Alex Bregman. Um, like you said before, it sounds like Bregman is, is going to get some first place votes for, for American League MVP, though I think Trout will still win it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the difference in games played, I think, is a valid talking point. Trout's at, at 134 games, had that season ending foot surgery uh, at the beginning of this month. Bregman's at 152 games and counting, so he'll probably finish with uh, at least 20 more games played than Trout, which I, I think uh, it's valid. Um it's the trajectory of Bregman's career numbers that is so appealing, though, uh, to make him a first-round pick. Uh, 791 OPS in his first year, 827 OPS in his second year, 926 in his third year, and now he's up over 1,000 uh, so far in his fourth year. 
Uh, home runs, RBIs, runs scored all have that similar arrow pointing directly up. Uh, batting average, too. Um, great improvements ac- across all five fantasy scoring categories, all now to elite levels. Uh, he's 25 years old, w- will turn 26 next March. Has third base and shortstop uh, position eligibility. Huge, yeah. Uh, yep, yeah, yeah. And we know the lineup around him is going to remain stacked. Might even be more stacked next year with... Kyle Tucker possibly moving into an everyday role uh, and the Astros maybe wheeling and dealing to make other improvements on what is already a World Series favorite level of roster talent. I think like catcher is the only place that they could improve offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Asmani Grandal, that yeah. kind of pitch framing with, with that pitching staff. Yeah, huh? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I went back to shortstop here uh, with the 11th pick, Trevor Story. Uh, I guess technically the third shortstop off the board if you include Bregman. Story had 37 homers and 27 steals last season, and he's coming in pretty close this year too. 34 homers, 21 steals uh, through 142 games. So like net production, very similar. Um, As I said earlier this month, you look at the progression that he had last year, and it was really about plate discipline. And he's pretty much kept that going this year in terms of strikeout percentage. It went from being a liability in that area to sort of being league average, and that's made a big difference. 108 runs scored. Just great all-around numbers in the best setting for an offensive player, like you were saying with Arenado. So uh, Story really deserves this spot. Basically, at this point, he's safe production for me, and it's it's production across the board, five categories. Uh, number 12, Jacob deGrom. Um, you stole Garrett Cole from me and this, this fake way too early mock draft, and I will never forgive you for it. Uh, so this is me getting some form of revenge, uh, but yeah, I had to lock in a top tier starting pitcher here at the turn, uh, since you grabbed the first two, uh, we, we played this out like a real snake draft. So I will also pick next, um, with DeGrom, you get reliable elite production. He has a 2.05 ERA over his last 64 starts. Uh, since the beginning of 2018, leads all National League pitchers and strikeouts this year with 255 and 204 innings. Uh, the wins haven't been there like you talked about earlier, but you know whatever. It, it's a silly, outdated stat. If the Mets can do some work on their bullpen this winter, m- maybe the wins will be there next year. Really, it's just a matter of luck too. It's not like the, the Mets are a terrible team. It's I don't um, know. I can't really explain it. It's just yeah. the weirdest thing. It's like when he pitches like the offense i don't know if they just get like i don't know like they choke or something i just i can't explain it but it feels like every game he's pitching it's like i i you know walk away for a few minutes and i come back and it's like one to nothing in the fifth inning you know what i mean (laughs) it's like every time um so i also this is the first pick of the second round 13th overall went with freddie freeman um, Freeman is the top true first baseman on the board uh, by a pretty wide margin. Cody Bellinger, Cody Bellinger is eligible at, at first base. That was a hard sentence to say, uh, <laughs> but he has played more outfield uh, Bellinger. That is the season for the Dodgers. Um, so Freeman is the, the, the true first baseman. And, and I think the top first baseman by a long shot. Um, yeah. In an individual sense, uh, he's made great strides this year in terms of overall fantasy production. He's always been solid, but uh, we've seen a career-high 38 home runs, career-high 121 RBIs this year in 155 games played. Uh, And then you look to the guys hitting directly in front of him in that Braves lineup, Ronald Acuna, who already went, Ozzie Albies, sometimes Dansby Swanson, 
uh, if he can stay healthy. Young players with great upside uh, who can lift Freeman's t- more team-dependent counting stats like RBIs and runs scored uh, to a top of the second round level, which which where is where he is in this draft, and I think it's where he should be in drafts next spring. Second pick of the second round, I have Trey Turner. Uh, he's only played 118 games this year, suffered a fractured right index finger in early April and missed some time. Still, he's made some really strong progress offensively. Uh, the OPS has jumped from 760 to 853. 18 home runs after hitting 19 in a, in a full season last year, played 44 more games last year. 34 steals after swiping 43 last year, so probably would have at least equaled and made, most likely surpassed what he did last year as far as stolen bases. Still close to 100 runs scored in, in, in an abbreviated season. Um, average exit velocity, hard hit percentage trending up, so huge positives in his profile. Not just a speed guy, but certainly in the speed gives him a nice floor as we always talk about, and he'll be near the top of the Nationals lineup, and I expect the Nationals lineup to continue to be pretty good, so... Uh, I think Turner's not going to fall all that far, you know, probably early second round, most likely in most leagues. Uh, 15th overall, Justin Verlander. Um, I don't think there have been many years where you see four pitchers go within the top 15 picks. And, and maybe it won't happen in, in actual drafts next spring where you have 10 or 12 or 14. Know. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, people sometimes want to lock in a hitter first. Yeah. Um, and that's understandable, but with, with offense going up, especially home runs, I, I think it's as wise as ever to grab one of these top-tier starting pitchers. I think it'll happen. Yeah. I do think it'll yeah. happen. All right. Scherzer, Cole, DeGrom, Verlander, um, those are the guys. A- age and mileage uh, is somewhat of a concern with Verlander, like we talked about with Scherzer, but uh, it's one of those cases, again, where you can't argue with the numbers. 2.53 ERA. Uh, league best 0.81 whip in 33 starts this season, uh, 288 strikeouts and in 217 innings. Uh, he's a workhorse. He signed that two-year $66 million extension with the Astros in March, um, and we know they're going to be good again uh, next season, so you're going to have a good chance of a win every time he pitches. Um, and it's just been a great fit for him there in Houston. Has a 2.42 ERA, 0.84 whip and 621 strikeouts in 465 innings uh, since get, getting traded to the Astros back at the waiver trade deadline in August of 2017. So uh, I feel like we're going to have a lot of Nationals talk, or we already have, actually. Uh, I have Anthony Rendon, uh, 16th overall, so it's fourth pick of the second round. And Rendon has just had an amazing walk year, leading the majors, actually, with 124 RBIs going into play on Thursday. Third in the NL with a 322 batting average. Career highs in homers, runs scored, OPS. Just across the board, great. Someone who is already a very good hitter and an underrated one, turning into one of the best players in the game. Uh, I certainly don't think he's going to be underrated anymore in, in real life or fantasy. Um, and similar to Cole, like I was talking about earlier, and even Mookie Betts, the big question is where he'll be playing next year. He is a free agent. Um, I don't see him getting out of the second round either way next year, but uh, certainly worth uh, tracking where he may go. I think if he ends up in a hitter-friendly environment, I mean, he could go even higher potentially. Yep. Uh, yeah, another national here at 17th overall, Juan Soto. Um, at age 20, he's put up a 951 OPS, 34 home runs, 109 RBIs, and 107 runs scored uh, this season. Already locked in as, as the Nats' cleanup hitter again at age 20. 
Uh, doesn't turn 21 years old until October 25th. Um, he's also 12 for 13 in stolen bases this season. That's not a huge part of his game, but it's something. Um, maybe the Nationals lineup takes a hit uh, if Rendon departs as a free agent, uh, but Soto will still be hitting behind one of the fastest players in the sport and Trey Turner, uh, good on base guy in Adam Eaton. And I think we can probably count on Victor Robles taking a step forward offensively. Uh, the individual upside with Soto is tremendous. Such a smart, disciplined hitter at such a young age with great power already. Yeah, a lot of nationals on the board, man. If, if they get past the wild card round, I think everyone knows they're dangerous. Yeah, with that rotation, if they're, you know, even Max Scherzer at 80% is still a really awesome pitcher. So, um, and a, a player who always comes to mind with me when I, when I see Juan Soto is Bobby Abreu. Yeah, uh, I like just super polished, and Abreu was polished from day one, too. I mean, he was almost uh, walking as much as he struck out as, you know, in his early 20s, too. So Abreu has an underrated uh, Hall of Fame case. He I does, guess. man. He yeah. really, really does. Um, but I think Soto can be, I, I, I hate to say that, but I think he could be better than, yeah. than Abreu. But Abreu had an amazing career and certainly worth uh, looking into if you want to look at his baseball reference page. It's pretty impressive. Uh, so 18th overall, I have J.D. Martinez. Um, so I guess he slipped a bit from our preseason ranking where I think he was a consensus uh, first-round pick in most leagues. Um, but he's been fine this year, hitting 300 again, 35 homers. He's topped 100 RBIs. Um, just still one of the safest power bats in the game. Uh, the only drawback in comparison to the other you know, elite fantasy outfielders is that he doesn't contribute in, ter- in terms of speed. Uh, he turned 32 in August, so, um, you know, perhaps he's peaked, I guess, offensively. But even if that's the case, you know, he's not really showing signs of slowing down. Um, you know, assuming he remains in Boston, uh, you know, good situation there. So maybe some minor slippage from our preseason rankings, but I still think he's going to go pretty early. Another Red Sox player here at 19th overall, uh, Rafael Devers. Um, I had Devers ranked 13th among position players when we did our top 20 hitters for 2020 a couple of weeks ago. So had to, to pull the trigger here with the 19th overall pick. Uh, massive breakout this year at age 22, 310 batting average, 917 OPS, 32 home runs, 115 RBIs, 127 runs scored uh, in 153 games. He began the season hitting lower in the Red Sox lineup, 6th, 7th, even 8th. Uh, but he's been batting either second or third for going on three months now. Um, I said this on that that hitters podcast a, a few weeks ago. Uh, he was the 20th third base eligible player off the board in drafts this spring uh, across the, the major fantasy sites. So has outplayed his ADP by a huge margin. And I, then maybe there's still some some upside to tap into, given that he's only uh, 22 years old, going on 23. Um, 2019 has been a disappointment for the Red Sox. They, they won't be repeating as World Series champs, obviously. But um, like, like we said uh, in the first round, it's been a more about pitching than offense. Um, I think their lineup should be plenty productive in 2020. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see if they trade some guys. So I, I just selected J.D. Martinez, but I'm picking another veteran outfielder here. 20th overall, Charlie Blackman. Uh, and, and it really feels like Blackman isn't getting much love, but he's actually been better this year than he was last year. Batting average up from 291 to 316. OPS improved as well, 860 to 945. This is uh, going into play Thursday. 31 homers and 85 RBIs in 137 games. Topped 100 runs scored. 
Um, the only negative here is that he's just two for six in stolen base attempts. I don't think we can count on that speed anymore. It's been steadily declining. Um, it's interesting. He spent most of the year as the leadoff hitter for the Rockies, but uh, more recently he's been hitting cleanup. I don't know what the plans are for that moving forward, but um, you know, still very solid despite being 33 years old. And you know, Coors Field provides reason for confidence that he's can, going to continue to be. You know, really solid fantasy contributor moving forward, even without that speed. I mean, there's a, a strategy to, to drafting veterans when everyone's targeting young upside, you know. True, uh, true. So I like it. I think Nelson Cruz was a steal in drafts this spring. I feel like he always um, is. Yeah, it seems that way. Well, you're just you're waiting for, like, the shoe to drop. And yeah. for some of these guys, it, it, it won't, mm-hmm. um, at least until they get a little closer to age 40. Mm-hmm. Um, 21st overall, I went with Aaron Judge. Um, the injuries are, are frustrating. He missed much of the second half last year with a fractured wrist uh, and two months in the first half this year with a strained oblique. Uh, but they're they're kind of freak injuries, not injuries that can be considered chronic. Uh, and we know what Judge is capable of when he plays 150-plus games. We saw it in 2017 when he hit a rookie record 52 home runs, which may be uh, in danger of being eclipsed by Pete Alonso, but... Could be. Um, we'll see. Yeah, Judge also had 114 RBIs and 128 runs scored as a rookie in 155 games. Uh, first career is 162 game average is 45 home runs and 101 RBIs. Um, so just needs to stay healthy, and then he'll be really, really productive. Yankee Stadium is a power hitter's paradise. Uh, the lineup should remain stacked. Um, I think getting Judge toward the end of the, the second round here. And that's probably where he'll he'll go in drafts next spring is a great value. Uh, maybe if he hits some bombs in the postseason, his stock uh, goes up a bit, um, and he climbs more towards the the top of the second round. Uh, that if he has a big October, that could be like fresh on the on the minds of fantasy drafters come next March. Right. Um, yeah. Big so big postseason could really change his standing for sure. Um, so twenty two. Uh, Pick 22, I've star- I've, I almost said Starling Marte, but it's actually uh, Cattell Marte uh, with the Diamondbacks, who uh, might be the biggest riser in fantasy baseball this year. I've said that a couple of times this month. Um, we did our fantasy surprises. We ranked our hitters earlier this month, but I think it bears repeating here. 22 home runs in his career. Uh, that was over 402 games coming into this year. Uh, but here he is, 32 homers, 92 RBIs with 10 stolen bases. Uh, was shut down uh, recently with a stress reaction in his lower back, but uh, no reason to think that'll linger going into next year. Hitting 329, so it looks like he'll have a share of the NL batting title with Christian Yelich. Um, and I think the most encouraging thing is that Marte didn't give up any contact for this power progression. Uh, it's always been someone who makes a lot of contact, so I think the batting average uh, will continue to be there. Um, if you're looking for proof behind the power, though, he's certainly lofted the ball more often this season, hit the ball harder, too. Um, you know, the drawback is that he's only done this once and I suspect there could be skepticism due to the juice baseball, uh, maybe also some fears about his back, but, uh, I still see him coming off the board, uh, within the first three rounds of next year with all the excitement, uh, after his huge 2019 season. And you also have to keep in mind, uh, he's going to be eligible between outfield and second base and, uh, second base is a really weak position right now. So, uh, I think having that second base eligibility is, is really huge for Marte as far as his value. Yeah, has a second baseman come off the board in this draft? I, no. I guess it's not. Yeah, wow. Huh. 
All right, I went Walker Bueller, uh, 23, 23 overall. Um, of, of the second tier among starting pitchers, I think Bueller would be the best bet to make the jump into the first tier next season. Uh, has a 3.25 ERA right now in 2019. That could be better, uh, but it's obviously not terrible. He's had some blowups and some poor batted ball luck. Uh, but when he's on, he's on uh, 207 strikeouts to just 33 walks in 177 innings this season. Um, so he's, he's a control pitcher with great stuff. Uh, has a 2.97 ERA over his last 53 outings, uh, dating back to the beginning of last season. The Dodgers have kind of brought him along slowly. Uh, remember, he debuted as a reliever late in the 2017 season. Then they watched his workload in 2018 and a little bit in 2019 as well, uh, probably in, in preparation for what they hope is a long postseason run. Um, I think he he shines really bright this October, and then the governor is off the engine, so to speak, come <laughs> next year. Um, he just turned 25 in, in late July. Uh, great home ballpark to pitch in there in Los Angeles. Uh, a lot of talent around him, a good defensive club. I, I think Bueller should be the fifth starter off the board next spring, uh, which is what happened here in our, in our little mock draft. So I'm going to wrap up the second round and start the third round. We'll probably be a little more rapid fire with the, with the third round. But uh, closing, closing out the second round, I have Xander Bogarts. Uh, continues to make steady progress at the plate. Had a 746 OPS in 2017, uh, boosted it to 882 in 2018, and 929 this year. Uh, He hasn't reached double-digit steals since 2017, but certainly making up for it with his power power progression. Uh, The question about the speed, though, I think puts him a tier below the likes of Lindor, Turner, Story, guys like that, but uh, certainly still one of the better fantasy shortstops and. Um, as you said earlier, you know, the pitching issues the Red Sox have, that's one thing, but uh, if they keep the band together, so to speak, that lineup uh, still has the potential to be very good. Um, so the first pick of the third round going with Steven Strasburg, uh, someone who I feels like hasn't received much attention this year, but he's been excellent, uh, reached 200 innings for the first time since 2014. He's actually pitching Thursday, so we'll see what happens with that game, but uh, going into play Thursday at a 337 ERA, 241 strikeouts, his highest strikeout percentage since 2016. And generally, when Strasburg's healthy, he's very good. Uh, so I think he deserves to be a top 10 starting pitcher. Uh, 26th overall. Yeah, we'll, we'll go a little more rapid fire here. Um, Jordan Alvarez. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about fantasy risers. I guess Cattell Marte is up there. I think Alvarez is, is it's maybe one a one B. Yeah. Um, he wasn't really on the radar for, for any of us no. uh, going into the season, probably not really for anyone. Um, but yeah, three twenty five batting average OPS over a thousand 27 home runs, 78 RBIs through his first 83 games. Um, the already locked in as the long-term DH there for a really good Astros team. Um, I, I think maybe he could even go higher than this. Uh, than t- in, in some drafts. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we should expect some regression, but he hasn't really shown it yet. I mean, it's a small sample size, but um, he's been incredible. Yeah, I mean, he was already a good hitting prospect coming into this year. Uh, you know, with the with the Major League Baseball in AAA, his numbers in AAA were so insane that, um, you know, he had to get a shot eventually. It was sort of a long wait for him to get that shot, but... Uh, when he did, I mean, he's just continued to mash at a ridiculous pace. You know, if the baseball does change, you know, could he be one of those hitters who's affected? You know, we'll mm-hmm. have to see. But um, 
you know, I, I don't think it's crazy at all that he could go in within the first three rounds or uh, maybe a, even a little bit higher in the third round. So uh, we'll see. I'm going to stay with the Astros. 27th overall, Jose Altuve. Uh, certainly weird seeing him this low. Uh, missed more time with injury this year. Left hamstring strain. Uh, also had some fatigue in his surgically repaired right knee. Um, so no surprise, hasn't been as active as far as stolen bases. Just five for nine. Um, and this is after falling from 32 steals to 17 uh, in 2018. So you wonder how much more you can contribute in that area. But, uh, you know, otherwise, I think really solid. You know, he's going to give you a good batting average. Uh, even has shown really good power this year. Good lineup there. I think there's some physical concerns there. And certainly speed, you can't count on being a major part of his game. So uh, I still think a really useful player, but uh, carries more questions than maybe ever before. Uh, 28th overall, so the fourth pick of the third round. I went with Jose Ramirez, um, who returned from that uh, fractured hamate bone on Tuesday and uh, hit two home runs, including a grand slam. The other was a, a three-run shot, so seven RBIs, crazy. Uh, in his, which is crazy. That, that's supposed to be a surgery that like hampers power hitters' ability, but yeah, we need to say like a, we need to stop saying that. Probably. <laughs> I, I know. Matt Olson has Matt been Olson, tremendous yeah. since he returned from one. Yeah, it's just um, the Ramirez. Obviously, we talked about this on our, our hitters episode a couple weeks ago. You know, had the horrible first half, um, but yeah, I mean, he had a really good second half, even a great second half. Um, and had he not missed most of September, um, maybe he would be a second round pick in 2020. I think he'll drop though. I think people will just look at the overall numbers and not really. Um, look too deep beyond that and, and if you can get him in the third round with the power and the speed um, I think he's going to be a really great value at 28th overall I think that's a gamble a lot of people would be willing to take uh, I think around mid-season I couldn't tell you what to do with Jose Ramirez but uh, certainly in the strong finish uh, makes you feel good uh, so 29th overall uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, just amazing numbers as a rookie, 22 homers, 16 steals in 84 games. Of course, had that stress reaction uh, in his lower back on a swing, so he was shut down in mid-August. Uh, also missed some time with a hamstring injury during the first half. So, you know, the injury questions combined with the batting average on balls in play, it's, you know, over 400. I think it's like 410. Uh, he struck out quite a bit too. So I can see the batting average coming down, but... Um, I think he's definitely someone where you're going to have to get used to seeing in the early rounds of fantasy drafts. He's someone I could see, you know, potentially jumping into the first round within the next year or two. Yep. Um, 30th overall, Bryce Harper. Uh, Phillies are going to miss the playoffs. Might fire their manager, Gabe Kapler. Um, it's a shame. But I don't think, yeah, I don't think much of the blame, yeah, much of the blame uh, can be put on Harper's shoulders, even though it's probably an easy headline because he yeah. signed a $330 million contract. Um, but 882 OPS, 34 home runs, career high 109 RBIs, nearly 100 runs scored. Um, he's been fine, if not very good. Um, I think year two maybe will go better in Philadelphia if they get some pitching. I think the lineup is fine. Um, they're talking about signing JT Romuto to a long term contract extension. Um, well, he had, he had knee surgery though recently. So, uh, I, I, that's a concern, but I, I, I think their lineup should, should improve. I think McCutcheon will be better. back. Yeah, they'll probably, yeah, that's true. That's, that's a, that's a big piece at the top of the lineup, even though he's getting up there in age. Um, so I, I think Harper's numbers will be even better next year. 
So another pitcher off the board here, and this is someone I'm excited about. 31 overall, 31st overall, Shane Bieber. Uh, I said earlier that Cattell Marte I thought was the biggest riser uh, among hitters, but Bieber, you know, the biggest riser among starting pitchers, certainly. Um, should be considered a top 10 starting pitcher right now, which is not what I would have thought in the spring. I kind of considered him more of like a mid-rotation uh, fantasy option, but here he is, 328 ERA. 259 strikeouts in just 40 walks, so kept that really excellent control. Uh, the strikeouts way up, of course. Uh, he switched up his pitch mix a bit, um, and a really good thing because you know his slider and curveball are you know really good with pitches for him. Uh, and with the sort of control that he has, I mean, and he's had this throughout the minor leagues. Uh, his numbers in the minors, as far as walks, were just out of this world. So. Uh, to me, he feels pretty safe, uh, you know, cracking this top 10, even with just one year performing at this level. I went with Mike Clevenger, uh, Bieber's rotation mate there in Cleveland at 32nd overall. Um, Clevenger missed a bunch of time with a back injury, also had a little ankle thing, um, but he's been dominant when healthy. 2.39 ERA, 165 strikeouts and 120 and a third innings. Um, he's pitched like a top 10 guy. Uh, when healthy. And I, I think, you know, hopefully he doesn't have another back issue next season, gets to 200 innings, and then uh, the numbers will be certainly up near the top tier range. So 33rd overall, George Springer. I was actually avoiding Springer in drafts this spring, but of course he had the best season of his career. <laughs> so yeah. uh, only appeared in 118 games, but the numbers in that time were just awesome across the board. Uh, also hit 290, which was nice, and I think it's backed up. Uh, you know, barrel percentage, hard hit percentage, uh, nice strides there, hitting leadoff in a great lineup. So uh, maybe never going to be that speed guy that he looked like in the minors, like a 40-40 guy. But uh, you know, situation-wise and skills-wise, uh, you know, I don't see him slipping very far among fantasy outfielders. Uh, 34th overall went with Javier Baez. Um, his stock has, has dropped a little, had that huge breakout season in 2018, um, 34 home runs, 21 stolen bases. We talked about this on, on the hitters podcast that that 21 steal mark might, um, be kind of his career high might shape up that way. I mean, he has 11 steals and 18 chances this year. He's shut down early, uh, with a wrist fracture, but um, I mean, the upside is still there. Uh, you, you worry the plate discipline isn't very good. Career OBP of 310. Uh, but the power and, and a little bit of speed. And if the if the Cubs don't break things up, it sh- should still be a very good lineup there. They just need to develop some pitching. Um, I, I don't think he can fall too far in drafts next spring. So uh, my last pick, basically, uh, 35th overall, I took Pete Alonzo. Uh, you know I had to fit him in here somewhere. But uh, 51 homers, as you alluded to earlier, just one shy of Aaron Judge's rookie record. No rookie has ever led the majors in homers, and Alonzo Pierce very likely to pull that off. Um, and he's not just a power hitter, to me at least. The strikeout rate is 25.8%, so we're not talking about you know a Joey Gallo or someone like that. Um, where he's going to be a drag on the batting average front, or you're really going to have to worry about it. I think there's even progress to be made in that area. Uh, Alonzo actually has a good approach at the plate and not all about power all the time. Um, so I think there's room for growth. The batting average, we know the batted ball metrics are favorable, barrel percentage among the best, 
well above league average in terms of hard hit percentage and average exit velocity. So I think even if the ball becomes unjuiced, uh, Alonso is still going to be a locked down top 10 fantasy first baseman uh, moving forward. Yeah, 25% strikeout rate doesn't sound too bad in, no. in 2019. No. Um, yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, the last pick of this mock draft, you want to do a drum, drum roll of, of some sort? Do we have any production value? <laughs> we, have 30, zero. we have zero in the budget for that. Okay. <laughs> uh, 36th overall, Jack Flaherty. Uh, maybe this is a homer pick. No, I too, like but, it, man. It's, it's yeah, good. Man, I, I had Lucas Giolito ranked ahead of him uh, when we broke down our pitchers, but that was three weeks ago, and, and Flaherty has just been – just kept it going. A, an amazing all-star break. One of the best all-star breaks in, in MLB history for a pitcher has a – or post-all-star breaks, po- second halves. He has a 1.00 ERA over his last 99 and a third innings. That's 15 starts. Um, also has 124 strikeouts in that stretch, too. He's really up the strikeout rate. Um, 23 years old. Uh, he'll be 24 next spring. Pitching at a pitcher-friendly park there at Bush Stadium. Um, the Cardinals have been one of the best defensive teams in baseball this year, kind of surprisingly. But th- they do have some good fielders: Colton Wong, Harrison Bader, all guys that will be back. Uh, Paul DeYoung too uh, has turned into a surprisingly good shortstop. Those guys will all be back. I think. Um, I th- yeah, I think he belongs firmly as a top 10 pitcher and. And I think he's a he's a valid third round pick and drafts next spring. So there were a couple of guys I, I wanted to find a spot for. Uh, Glaber Torres has had a huge year, second base eligible. Uh, Chris Bryant has had a pretty good year as well, a nice bounce back year for him. So it's kind of crazy we couldn't fit them in here, but uh, really I just I couldn't justify the room right now. So uh, still lots of good talent even even after this, and we could keep going and going, but. We're gonna Josh, stop. Josh Hader, man. If jo- if the Brewers keep yeah. Josh Hader at closer, yeah. I mean that's that's hugely valuable. Yeah. Um, but I, I would imagine they're gonna add some some to their bullpen this winter. But all right. Yeah. When's our next podcast? Like after the World Series? Yeah. We'll we'll do an off season preview once the World Series wraps up. So we're gonna take a little bit of a break, a well deserved break, and enjoy this postseason. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. But. Uh, before we go, I uh, just want to say thanks for listening throughout the season. Uh, whether you've been here from the beginning or only found us recently, it's been fun to do these shows for another year, Drew. Yeah, it's been great. Um, ho- hopefully they've been valuable. I, I feel like our, our spring training shows are, are the most informative. Um, so if, if you're a new listener and you haven't heard those, uh, we start them in mid-February, uh, break down every position um, we put a lot of work into those, so um, look forward to those and, 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 and going into drafts next spring. We'll hopefully have you set up well. So don't be a stranger. Now that the regular season's over, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at DJ Short. Drew's at Drew Silve. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the postseason. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.